Hello, my friends again, and thank you for joining us today on The Daily Dig, where each day we dig into God's Word, searching for truth that will encourage us to deepen our faith. We are living in trying times, and we must strive each day to draw our strength from God's Word. Come along with Jacob Smith as we dig into God's Word together. And welcome to another episode of The Daily Dig, and we are still with Pastor Ben Gonzalez. We are excited to jump into this passage. I just want to read a couple. We're going to get to multiple verses today, but this is one of those ones that is just an encouragement and a challenge, but you know, it kind of gives us the answer here. It gives us the correction to what we talked about yesterday in partiality, or the modern word I I kind of threw out there was discrimination. It says this in verse 5, hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich, man, rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do they not blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? Wow. Exactly. And this passage is very, very... I love how you say it, it sort of completes the thought from verses one to three and four. The, the idea is, right, so this tr- these people are showing, you know, if someone comes into your assembly, you know, basically rich or poor, it uses that illustration. And, you know, obviously our tendency is to defer to the, to the rich, the wealthy, the goodly apparel. And so he, he says, showing partiality is, is wrong, period. But looking at this illustration he uses, he says, isn't it the poor that God's used in his in the past? And isn't it the rich that currently despise that worthy name? And so it's like he's setting this stage for these. He gives this illustration and then he says, time out. Let's look at this from a biblical perspective and a perspective of how God has used people in the past. And it shows, matter of fact, I mean, he says, verse five, hath not God chosen the poor in this world, rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom? That's who's that's who God has used from the really the beginning of time. The poor, the downcast, the forgotten. And he's saying, listen, we need to think twice about what we're what we're doing here. And, and he's really asking multiple questions. You see the question mark, question mark, question mark. He says, hath not God chosen the poor of this world? Look at verse number six. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Verse number seven. Do they not blaspheme that worthy name? You know, this is the interesting part. What James is saying here is the people that you are showing preferential treatment to, you want these people in the gay clothing or the, the goodly apparel, shall we say that, the name brand. We're showing their the preferential treatment toward them, but this is the interesting part. The people with the rich clothing are the ones doing the oppressing. Exactly. We're trying to get acceptance from the ones who are doing the oppressing. He says they're they're pulling you before the judgment seats. Do they not oppress you? Are they not uh, giving you absorbent um, interest and and making life difficult on you? And I, I think I think the, the the key here is is verse seven, where any believer and any follower of Christ is going to really their ears should perk up on verse seven. 
Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? Saying these are, these are, they're, they're doing, they're bringing it before judgment seats. They're doing these things. But more than anything, are they not blaspheming that name which ye are called? It reminds me of David and Goliath, right? With David at 1st Samuel 17, he says, is there not a cause? Is someone not going to do something about this uh, Goliath? And so it's like, if anything, verse 7 should really be a be a, a, a gut check, a heart check. Aren't they the ones doing these? I mean, is that who you really are after? And that's the, that that's right there. Is this... You're after the people who are opposed against God. You're after the people who are living antithetical to biblical values. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at, at, at the at the past of verse five, you're 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 after those people, but you're not after the people that God has clearly used. You know, we talked about the the young boy with the loaves and fishes, right? He used the poor, the lowly, the woman with the two mites, exactly. And so what, what we're seeing here is, is the, the conclusion that what, what James is coming to, he says, thou shalt, verse number eight, if ye fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. This is just me. When, I am, when I'm reading the word of God and it tells me to do something, it says, this is a good thing to do. Or Jesus sometimes will say, one thing thou lackest, or Paul says, one thing I do. Mm-hmm. You know, these are things that says, hey, I-, I need to pay attention to this. And what he says is, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, none of us are going to mistreat ourselves when we are healthy and in our right mind. Correct. When we are, when we are, you know, there are times that we are uh, self-depreciating. We are not doing what we ought to do, sh- certainly. But when we're hungry, we usually feed ourselves. When we are thirsty, we usually give a drink, right? He says, if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law of transgressors. This is where he's kind of taking his finger, putting his finger on the pulse of the church and saying, those people that you mistreated, that is wrong. And we need to, we need to love them like we love ourselves. Or we may we might be able to apply it this way. We need to love them like we like people, like we love the people that are like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think when when you look at that this from a large perspective, going back to last time and earlier, it's like that just is a testament to the power of the gospel. That is a testament to the fact that we don't have to we don't have to reach you know we, we don't have to show partiality and make a church you know just like us. I love when churches are. I have diverse people, diverse situations. It's just, it's a beautiful microcosm of, of you know, what what uh, faith in Christ looks like a, around the world. And and when we traveled to Philippines, that that gave us an awesome perspective about the fact that the gospel is for everybody. And we're going to be shocked when we get to heaven. Oh, 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 very <laughs> shocked. Very shocked. You know, so we're going to get there. It's going to be all different. But this is the thing. This is, I, I want to make this connection with verse number 80 says, if you fulfill the royal law. Well, back in Leviticus chapter number 19, he talks, he, he mentions this very same commandment, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus affirmed it. The very King of Kings and the Lord of Lords affirmed this commandment. And so if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. 
And as we're kind of bringing this this point to a close, we're talking about uh, not showing favoritism to certain people groups. I would wonder, as you're looking around the church, is it a crisis when you see somebody there visiting and they're all by themselves? We should make sure that we go out of our way, regardless if they're different, regardless if they they smell funny or they look funny or maybe they are just they look like a fish out of water. Would we be the welcoming committee of one saying, you know what, I'm going to love them like Christ loved me. I'm going to be the one that goes out of my way to not be uh, looking for acceptance by the rich crowd, by the, the, the in crowd of maybe the church. Maybe you have a, a group where you say, oh, I, I want to be accepted by them. I don't want to hang out with the no goods. We need to be the people in every church, regardless of where we live south, north, east, west, and another continent besides the Americas, uh, North America, this is what we need. We need to live a life that is accepting and loving because this is, this is the truth of it. Every person is made in the image of God, and this is why we love them. And the key to this, I would say, is not just, you know, this is one of those things where we can physically do with with our heart not in it, I say physically do it, and and without the right heart, I, going we should, through the motions. Yeah, going through the motions. Yeah, it's not something that you don't when the Sunday when Sunday comes, don't just be saying this verse over and over in your mind, and force yourself to show kindness. This this done right comes from the heart. This done right comes from a heart that truly cares. It's not out of duty. It's not out of, you know, obligation. It's out of a heart that genuinely loves people. So as we go about today, I just want to challenge you. Will you be a person that from your heart loves people of all backgrounds, of all people groups, not showing a, a, a favoritism to one or the other, but genuinely loves people because not what they can do for you, but because they are image bearers of God, made of the image of God, and then we just love people. And when we do that with the right heart, it's powerful. I hope you were encouraged by the Word of God today and challenged to dig deeper on your walk with the Lord. It is my prayer that you find strength each day digging deeper into God's Word. If you're looking for more resources, you can find them on thedailydig.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to the next time on The Daily Dig.